The Lost Hero, Chapter 31. Jason. Jason would have died five times on the way to the front door if not for Leo. First, it was the motion... Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Speak on it, Brayden. Period. (laughs) Welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we are discussing Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, chapters 31 through 34. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Through the theme of possession. Mm, Definitely on the nose. Definitely definitely a little (laughs) on the nose. You know, I get about halfway through coming up with the themes, and then like, yeah, um, here's a word. Yeah, I um, understand. It's okay. And then, like, the last theme is normally, like, applicable. Well, that's the fun game, is you twist it to make it fit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is, it's about 40% thought out, 60% a word that I googled when I searched themes. I love it. Neve, Ava, how are we doing this week? <laughs> <coughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's how I'm doing. No, I'm doing good. Just some callbacks. Today and on Thursday that I'm stressed for, but excited. So, fun times. Yeah. I um, took part in <laughs> a psych... <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I recently took part in a... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I So, I'm taking a psychology class right now, and a part of that is um, I have to take part in three like, outside-of-class experiments that um, other psych students um, are running. So today, for a good 35 minutes, I stared at a laptop and named objects as fast as I could. <laughs> I, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> You're You're so right. He, he, he. No, really. Yeah, he, he, he was No, and it was kind of unnerving. Like, I'd be like, mouse, door, mouse, door. Like, oh, my God. It was like really. It was. That's I messed up a few times. I called a tiger a turkey. That <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot the word train. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and this is already in a time where you know I think anyone who is in school right now, college or otherwise, is very burnt out. Um, but almost in like the the fun. Not the fun way. The Not the fun way. No, 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 no. I meant the way in which, like, the slap happy way. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it is almost Thanksgiving, and I'm just trying to survive, um, so I have no brain anymore. Um, and that's currently the plane upon which I am operating. How are you, Brayden? Oh, what a loaded question. <laughs> um, I'll start off with, like, something nice, which okay. is... Uh, I'm so sorry. That's my laundry alarm. Oh my god. I'm not gonna get it. Uh, my something nice is uh, we saw Eternals a, a couple days ago. Yeah. And that was very nice because I like going to the movies and I also really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good time. I like seeing Marvel movies and it was fun. I like the the first uh, openly gay character in Marvel was in it and that was great and the first yes jeez technically the second because the first 
No, I, I guess that's not 100% true because Loki in the TV show came out as bisexual. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is the first, like, time in a Marvel movie that that there's been, like, an openly mm. gay kiss, um, mm. too, and that and it's not being cut for international releases, which is big, because a lot of times if American movies have a queer moment in them, um, it is cut in different countries, um, but they're not allowing people to do that, so it's just being banned from different countries. So, yay. <laughs> Um, but also, I really enjoyed the movie, and I saw it at, uh, Neve, with Neve and Ava and a couple other friends, yes. and it was just a fun little movie trip, so that was nice. Um, but in the not-so-nice, uh, I have an ear infection, because I have the immune system of a small Victorian child. <laughs> um, so that is truly awful. Uh, wild thing to happen to my body. Um, and we just, we're getting through it one day at a time, frankly. Um, not doing great, not doing great, but we, we'll deal. I've caught up on a lot of television. Uh, I, I watched, I started watching the first episodes of Young Justice, so I'm caught up to that. I'm, uh, watching the new, the latest season of Dynasty was just added to Netflix, so I'm, Literally, I have an episode of that paused in the background of, of our living room that we're filming in right now. Um, so I'm being productive in, in other ways um, while I rest and heal and take my amoxicillin. Mm-hmm. It is it's a pill. It's not the liquid. It's not the pink liquid. <coughs> I feel like that is important to clarify. And with that... Um, I may only be able to hear half of what I'm about to say, but I'm going to give the (laughs) recap this week. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to cut my coughing out. (laughs) I really can't. (coughs) That will hopefully be the last time. Anyway. Uh, Can someone time me? (laughs) Yes. All right. 45 seconds are on the clock. Mm Ready? Ready? Yeah. All right, so uh, we see King Midas, and he's a little loopy, and then they're like, are you backing uh, Gia, Gaia? And he's like, yeah, you caught me. I'm giving her money. Um, <laughs> you don't know anything about me, basically. Um, here's my son. He's hot, and he's going to kill you. Um, and then it rains. Um, and then they, they find themselves on a mountain, um, they have tofu burgers, and there's a wolf guy, werewolf, werewolf, like, hey on, he's like, grr, I'm gonna murder, um, and then, and then the hunters, Talia, comes save, and saves them, and you Jason, ah, uh, <laughs> you guys are a lot, though, yeah, you. that was really good, can I just say, <laughs> during that, Neve like almost coughed. <laughs> she took like the biggest inhale, and I just looked at her. <laughs> I was trying so hard, and it all stopped. <laughs> it was really funny. Ooh. But yeah, honestly, Brayden, that is far better than what I could do. So I'm very good. Thank you, thank you very much. I kind of just barreled through. I, um, I 
decided that the tofu burgers were important. They were. Because I, I that really resonated with me for As some reason. As a vegetarian, I feel represented. As a vegetarian, I also feel represented, but I also mm-hmm. don't want tofu burgers. Yeah. I don't know. That, me neither. That felt like he didn't know. That's a hate crime against vegetarians. Right. It felt like, like he did not know like what vegetarians actually eat. Yeah. We don't eat that. And it was yeah. just funny when, when Piper was like, Oh, I smelled the meat and it was so good. But I had thoughts. Broccoli. Carrots. Lentils. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That was absurd. That was one of my funny moments. And (laughs) now I actually have to find another one. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, Because I just spoiled that now. Uh, What are our musical selections for the group? I can go first. I pick the song, Who Do You Love? by Mariana's Trench. I, this is like deep cut. I was on Tumblr in 2014. Yeah. Like deep cuts, but it is such a good album. Like literally Justice for a Story by Mariana's Trench. I Um, need, I need to just, before you continue to point out that I searched the name and it still did not come up. I had to type the full name of the song and the full name of the band (laughs) to find this song. Guys, my interests are niche and, like, unique. I am quirky right. and individual. Because I listen to artists that aren't that popular. I think it <laughs> Yeah. <gasps> I um, have an off-radio question about artists that aren't popular. If you need... Oh. I mean, just to clarify, like, I this is for... Not for our listeners, but um, Bears and Trees announced a, a, a American tour. Um, and Ooh. I... You're the only friend I can think of that I can make go with me. I would go with you, yeah. Okay, yay. The tickets are like $20. They're yeah, that's what I love about shows of artists that nobody knows. It costs no money to just go to the concert. True. Yeah, and they're touring. Like, I literally, I heard, uh, I saw a TikTok that was like, Taylor Swift is planning a stadium tour for 2022, and I'm like shaking in my boots, ready for how much money I'm going to have to spend. I know. Like, minimum $130. Like, it's going to be awful. Yeah. I know. And like, we're all gonna have to go together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna have to drop the money. Yep. Yeah, it's like these tickets are like twelve dollars and like an eight dollar processing fee. I love it. It's at a, a Unitarian church. Mm-hmm. Unitarian I church. Love yes, it's at a that. Unitarian church in Philly. That's so good. That's hilarious. And it's like them and like a couple other UK bands. Aww. Which honestly, statistically, Neva's bound to no one. Yeah, literally send me this. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> All right, Ava, what is your song? <laughs> okay. Um, I chose this for one line, um, but it is on the nose. Um, and I chose Champagne Problems by Taylor Swift because mm. your Midas touch on the Chevy door. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yep. Mine was also kind of on the nose. Um, the 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 lyrics I think are applicable more toward Midas and the vibes are just remind me of the Piper scenes in just a way that I can't really clarify anymore, but Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Great song. Good vibes. Good I vibes agree. all around. I agree. Alright. What did we forget? Everything. Yeah, me too, honestly. I forgot about this entire section. I remembered nothing. 
Nothing. <laughs> I remember that the hunters show up. I remember the Lycaon part. Not um, in all such mm, details. I maybe vaguely remember it. That's it. Fair enough. As close as you're going to get with me. Yeah, that's true. You're, the bar is low for you. We're going to have to figure out what else to do with this segment next season. Because the further along we get in Heroes of Olympus, the more Ava will mm-hmm. just not know anything. I also don't fully know... If you've read past this one? Yeah, I think I stopped mid-Son of Neptune. Ooh. <laughs> That'll be exciting, though, to get to new Uncharted territories. <laughs> what did Ava learn? <laughs> what spoilers has Ava learned from that? <laughs> Um, yeah, the Midas stuff, I knew, I remembered Midas was in here. No idea what the context was whatsoever. I, t- I forgot he was in this book. I remember he was in the series. Yeah. But I forgot it was this book. Yeah, I knew at some point he was there. And honestly, kind of a waste of Midas. I agree. Do better. He's so crazy. Like, <laughs> it, it... His role makes sense that he's, like, oh, brought back to, like, be the funding. So, I like that they're, like, okay, super important. How are they funded? Yeah. Like, where, where is the money coming from for, for uh, Gia's pursuits? How, like, how does Medea rent out a... A department store. She, of course, needs to get the loan from somewhere. How do we do that? Oh, Midas. Of course. Yeah. But I feel like there's so much you could do with that, and it's kind of just tossed to the side. Yeah. And we never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because when I, I reread the first half of this book almost a year ago now for Seaweed Brain... And I stopped right before, right after Medea. So I I'm truly remember this second half of this book a lot less. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was I was also learning about Midas for the first time, I felt like. I forgot he had a son. Me That's too, it. actually. That Big felt made up. Yeah. I mean, we never hear about his son. He's like Frankie Jonas. He's like Frankie Jonas. He is. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I suppose. Period. It's just what my brain went to. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, Midas. Oh, and his daughter that he turned to gold. Yeah. Oh, I summer. remember that. I remember exactly. that because I remember, like, I feel like I was told that, like, legend in school. Like, I feel like that was mentioned in my elementary school at some point. I'm going to be so candid. I, I know that specific myth because of the episode of Martha Speaks where Martha and all of the human people um, put on myth plays. There was an episode of Martha Speaks about Greek mythology? Yes. It was called Myth Me. <laughs> Why do you know the title? Because it was my favorite episode. <laughs> because of course it was. Myth Me. Myth Me. Yeah. No, it was so good. It was my favorite episode of that show. And I was a Marcus Beach stan. Fun fact about me. Absolutely loved it. I think I got my personality from that dog. So. Honestly, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. 
You seem like someone who would really be interested in, <laughs> in Martha Speaks. In Martha Speaks, and I was. I was personally more of a Cyber Chase kid. Oh, of course you were. Cyber Chase, we're moving, we're beating hackers game. No, say what you want about me. I'm consistent. Yeah. I also, I honestly, the, when you started talking about it, I went more logical route, and I thought you were going to say Wishbone. Mm-mm. Like, I was like, oh yeah, of course there were, no, Martha Speaks is about the dog who eats the alphabet soup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Too many dogs that talk. No. Not and also not enough. Dogs that talk. <laughs> Too many humans that talk. Too many humans that talk, not, not enough, enough dogs. dogs that talk. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Normalize dogs talking. I agree. Oh, that is what his, I've, I've been combing through the book trying to remember what the son's name is. It's lit. Up in this I'm bitch. A, I, <laughs> I think we need to discuss that fact, that his son is named Lit. Yeah. When this book was published, was it known that that was going to seem silly? I don't think I so. I want to say 2012 was this book's publishing date. That feels like it I'm might be late. 2010. Lit. It's 2010. It's lit. Mm-mm. If there is one thing people listen to this podcast for, it is useless etymology. That's so true. We are annoying about our Okay, so apparently it's been a slang term since the 1910s. It used to mean intoxicated. (laughs) I I guess that sounds close. So it makes sense how (laughs) how it's processed. Um, so, it's lit up in here. (laughs) But, it didn't really become... Okay. It's lit blows. (laughs) Okay. It didn't really become a thing, like, in the... It didn't transfer its meaning from, like, literally just, like, sloshed. Like, that's what it meant. But now, it, you know, it doesn't mean just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it says that, like, around 2015 to 2017 is when it started to really become what it means now. So yeah. it, it was not known that that would seem silly. Yeah. Okay. But also just on its own, I think it's silly. Yes. Just like King Midas and Lit. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe that's just me being me. Deep. Alright, let's take a break. (laughs) And then we'll be back to discuss the theme of possession. Alrighty, we are back. This week's theme is Martha Speaks. So, <laughs> where did we see the theme of Martha speaking in these chapters? Um, but actually, the theme is possession. So, where did we see the theme of possession in these chapters? Well, King Midas, as an individual. 
Oh. <laughs> I am the most intelligent person that has ever walked this here earth. Because <laughs> King Midas owns gold. <laughs> <laughs> because everything he touches be gold. I think, be gold. I think what's interesting in, like, King Midas's form of greed, like, his story is supposed to be, like, a parable against greed. What's interesting, I guess, I guess they address this in the chapters where he's like, I didn't learn my lesson, though. Yeah, I feel like that that's, was like, really interesting. They address it in the chapters, but that's also just generally, like, his man. Yeah. Like, that uh-huh. he just does, like, there's no growth. Yeah. Like, we feel bad as the audience, yeah. but he, like, doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting about the the adoption of Greek mythology and its um, being infused into Western society in a Christianized society, that in, like, Christian storytelling, everything is a lesson. Everything is a parable. Yeah. And so, in the way that we're taught Greek mythology and a lot of mythology... They're all in, they're all moral fables or they're all parables. Um, they're all meant to teach you something. And that's why I have, I have a distinct memory of some sort of website that we went on in like computer lab. I don't know what it was called, but there was like a mythology section and you'd like click through like and watch like uh, this, an animated like myth. But they're all ones that, like, had a clear story. So, like, Icarus is, like, don't fly too close to the sun. Uh, mm-hmm. Midas, don't let your greed overcome you or you'll hurt the people around you. Um, Arachne, don't get too too good at your things. <laughs> but, like, the, the, the full breadth of these myths are not necessarily made to teach you a lesson. Literally, that's what, okay, I need to connect this back because I, you know, we're in theater college, and one of the first things we ever, like, talked about at theater college was Oedipus Rex, and I talked about it in high school, too. I think about this myth all the time, because it has no moral. Mm -hmm. Like, at least I don't think it does. Like, don't, like, don't do, be in incestuous relationships, like, yeah, duh. But he, like, didn't even meet... I think about that all the time. So many Greek stories truly don't have morals, and we're, like, sitting here trying to... Like, at their core, don't have a moral, based on how their plot plays out. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting here trying to draw shit from it sometimes. Like, Midas, you can draw a little more obvious, like, don't be greedy, because look how awful this guy's life turned out. But, like, he doesn't really care. So that's kind of a contradiction in the plot. I think in a sense that can be interpreted as kind of the point, though. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. Like, there is very much the idea that I personally never shut up about, about, like, the reason why I am very interested in, like, classics and stuff is because, like, fundamentally human behavior has never changed. And, like, you um, can look back at these people who you think kind of lived in a different world from you, and you actually see behavior that often kind of flies under the radar and you can actually learn from them because they are you, you know, just in a different mm-hmm. font. And so if you're looking at this story that you don't think has a like necessary moral, 
you can take what you will um, from it. And it's all about the action of trying to rationalize a story like that. It's all mm-hmm. about trying to figure out a way to be better mm. because then it'll tailor your like bettering of your moral compass to you specifically, which I think is really interesting and really admirable. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I think we see this in both how Midas and Lycaon are dressed because these are two myths that I'm I'm going to say the myth of Lycaon specifically is not a super well-known myth, but like the mythology of, of werewolves mm-hmm. and the mythology of Midas specifically are stories that have been changed a lot and a- adapted situationally. Mm-hmm. And think of the theme of possession. It's like who owns these stories and like who has, has possession of a story at a moment. So like in retelling a story, you're choosing what you want to highlight. So like if you end Midas's story at he figured out how to save his daughter, mm-hmm. he learns his lesson. But if you don't end it there, then you realize that he doesn't learn his lesson. He keeps on doing the thing. And then that also has, I think it's a difference between like morals and themes. Mm-hmm. Like a moral is like, something that's supposed to be clear-cut, like, this is a bad thing to do. (laughs) This is a good thing to do. Where a theme is, like, the theme of Midas' story overall is that he, like, greed is hard to escape even if you... It's hard to get back over, like, get control over it. Yeah, it's, like, succumbing to your vices Mm -hmm. is, like, the theme of Midas' story. And, like, with werewolf mythology, like, that is something that, based on who is the dominant culture who is telling the story of a werewolf. Different mm. things are highlighted. And werewolves across history are, like, some of the biggest variation of myths. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah. you can't... Like, werewolves are what? They are, like, somewhere in between a man and a wolf. And it's, some are more like a human and some are more like a wolf. Some transform some don't transform some transform when there's a moon some choose not to some you know like there's <laughs> yeah. so much variation some can yeah. be killed by silver some can just die some are professors at hogwarts <laughs> some are professors at hogwarts <laughs> and take a weird potion that doesn't really clearly do anything <laughs> yeah yeah jk rowling never really figured out her werewolf thing. It was supposed to be, like, a metaphor for AIDS, but, like... Really? What? Yeah! Oh, ew! Yeah. She should not... That rubs me the wrong way that that woman tried to tackle that topic. Exactly. Like, it's... And in that way? Yes. Yeah. Because... What? Exactly, because then you have... Because, like, Lupin, great. Queer icon. Whatever. I love Lupin. No, he is. Like Lupin in Syria. Like, yes! Wolfstar. Let's yeah. talk about it. No, not it's- now. <laughs> I have a friend. Actually. Shit. I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but, like, I have a friend who's, like, so into the Marauders era of Harry Potter. Like, all the young dudes, that fan fiction. Like, I think I know the plot of it just by her, just by speaking to her for, like, a couple yeah. minutes. It's so funny because there isn't a plot of it. Like, there oh, there's barely anything written about, like, their time... No, that's almost all fan fiction and headcanons. 
Oh, well, yeah, someone wrote those, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, but the plot of the fan fictions, you meant. Oh, yeah, I know. I, following her on TikTok is, like, deeply understanding these characters, like, against my own will. Not that I'm, like, super mad. It's just, like, I know, I don't, I did not read Harry Potter. I know so much about this. It's weird, because there, there is a, such a strong, like, collective headcanon of, like, the Marauders in the Harry Potter fandom. That's mm-hmm. just, like, everyone has agreed that, like, this is what they were like. Yeah. And this is what happened. And that Lupin and Sirius are in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point <laughs> to which we got here was, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, not completely backpedaling. Talking about J.K. Rowling and her awful metaphor where werewolves are gay people. Um, mm-hmm. We also have Fenrir, who is a, a werewolf who specifically attacks people, likes to give them give them, like, lycanthropy, and specifically likes to attack children. Yeah. Mm. J.K. Rowling is the worst person on this yeah. planet, next to maybe Trump. Mm. There are a lot of bad people on this planet, actually, and I will list them all now. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, I can't list He's them sir, on this public Ava. platform. Neve. <laughs> Ava. Neve. <laughs> Brayden. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, like that's my my point is that like werewolfness is adopted and used to mean and be a met like J.K. Rowling used lycanthropy as a metaphor for AIDS because lycanthropy has there are a lot of cases in with it which it is like a sexually transmitted disease and it's pretty comparable like if you say that that's the way it's transmitted that it kind of works well for metaphor for that. But there's also a ton of different metaphors for, like, why people become werewolves. In Teen Wolf, it's about toxic masculinity and about people looking hot, mostly. I'm not going to give Teen Wolf that much credit. (laughs) Um, But the point is, whoever has possession of a story at a moment, in a lot of ways, gets to decide what that story means. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Which also makes me think of like Piper a lot, and Piper talking about talks about her dad in these chapters, and about how her dad basically chooses not to have ownership over his or possession over his Cherokee ancestry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think Rick handles this discussion super well. I think it could be handled better and if it was going to be brought up, deserved a lot more time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is an interesting, like, concept that he just dips his toe into where, like, Piper does have to struggle with, like, okay, her, she loved her grandfather. She loves her dad. Her grandfather decided to abandon his heritage. And now, like, she is caught in between these two heritages of her Cherokee ancestry and her her Greek ancestry. And she has to balance what that means and what these stories mean. And on both sides, how much of those stories does she take into her own life? Which would be such a more interesting book than The Lost Hero. I agree. Literally. I wish this book just took a turn right here where we just analyzed that. And 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 someone who wasn't Rick wrote it. (laughs) Someone who was actually Cherokee wrote it. Yeah. yeah. True. Possession. 
Um, one more thing. So when I think of possession, I automatically think of like the patriarchy. Um, because like being a woman um, kind of makes you do that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> <laughs> when you're a woman, you do be thinking about the patriarchy. <laughs> and related to possession, yeah, for sure. I mean, because and this is so oh my god, I feel like this is such a reach, but I do actually believe in this point. Um, so please bear with me. I vividly remember the part of one of the chapters that was like, um, Piper just tried to focus on like Jason's arms around her, whatever. And like, Oh my God. Yeah. I know. And I'm just thinking of the idea of like, so, so, so you were the one who was very hesitant to even admit that like this girl had any sort of relationship with you, um, even in another state of consciousness. But now, um, you are in this weird possession, like, I don't know. And he just got into this strange habit of, 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 like, taking care of her. And, like, it obviously has such misogynistic roots. Mm -hmm. And, like, he just, I don't, Jason exhausts me. Because, like, you need to understand that, like, you are being so hypocritical. So, so hypocritical. The only reason you should be protecting other people is if you genuinely value them. And I don't know if I would go so far as to say he feels that way about Piper over Leo. Mm. That's the difference. So clearly, the roots are in misogyny and um, very gross masculine possessiveness. Um, even though I know he intentionally which, in, you know, does not equal impact. We know this, but, you know, I still had a reaction to it. Yeah, I think, I think in this way, particularly, Jason and Percy have this thing in common where they feel like they have possession over the people in their life. Um, I think it manifests, like, in a grosser way in, um, Jason, but maybe that's just because I like Jason less in everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you because in a strange way, I feel like Jason is less open to owning it and Percy just runs around willy-nilly and does whatever and, like, doesn't try to hide things. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is... I don't know if this is going to make sense, but it's just, like, Jason on a base like he knows these people but he doesn't Mm -hmm. so it is stranger that like he has have has forgotten everything yet automatically Mm -hmm. he feels like percy had the backup of oh they're like grover's my best friends for forever and i just i really care about them you know Mm mm-hmm of, like, knowing people and getting to, like, Jason, this is, like, his first experience with these people, realistically, until he gets, like, his memory back, and this, uh, this, like, halfway through the book, he's like, I can control what you do, because I want to, and it's like, oh, you, like, don't even know these people, though, like, you do, but you don't. Yeah. (laughs) It's also really was off-putting to me how fast that he was like, 
yeah, Piper, you were going to betray us. Let's save your dad. Because Mm -hmm. it feels like it comes from a place of, like, well, like, you're my Piper. So, like, you would never really do anything wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. to I think to believe that someone that you care about wouldn't betray you, even (laughs) if they literally do betray you in front of them, displays a lot of not seeing them as their real own person. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think it's a it's a nice thing to be like, oh, this person would never betray me. But if someone does, and then you're like, oh, no. but it's fine. Yeah. It feels like it, you're just undermining their personhood. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Also your own. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great for them either, for Jason and Leo to be like, like, it's a, it's a, it, this is a bad decision. I think it's very nice for Piper. I love Piper. But I wouldn't trust her if I was them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that is a bad position to be in. I'm so sorry, Piper. I would throw you off. You're going off the dragon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Off the dragon. Maybe not, like, while well, we're in the sky, but you, but I wouldn't take her with me. Metaphorically off. Metaphorically, I mean, they're not even, they can't even be on the dragon That's now. True. The so. dragon is gone. Dragon is gone. Literally off the dragon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any more thoughts about possession? No, I don't yeah. think so, no. All righty. What are our sass moments this week? Guys, I have a sass moment from the schmoop summary that I was using to pick a song earlier. Because it is just so weird and also sounds like something that, like, I would say, which made me sad. Um, <laughs> Midas turns Piper's backpack into gold, parentheses, very cool. Mm-hmm. And now they can't put the storm spirits in the pack, parentheses, not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, it's funny, but, like, it's so, like, me, 10-year-old humor funny. So, I thought yeah. it was Cool. Nah. Cool. Guys, I was so, when we were seeing Eternals, I was so poorly behaved in the sense that, like, so much of the cinematography was, like, beautiful shots of, like, space, and it was really silent, and then there would be, like, a slow-moving object, and I am 10, so I was just, like, yucking it up in the seat, even though, like, it wasn't I can't confirm she was so But, like, watching a spaceship slowly move in space to dead silence, I literally was like, ah! There was one section, I don't know the exact page or chapter, um, but there was one part where someone was referring to Talia, and I think it was, um, I think it was Piper, and she goes, you're her, or like, are you her, or something, and that was just funny to me for personal joke reasons, um. The phrase, are are you her, is just so funny to me because um, it just is. There's a whole story, but this podcast is only so long. Fair enough. My moment is Coach Hedge. I love nature, Hedge said. Nature means big things, killing, and eating little things. (laughs) And when you're a 
you know, vertically challenged sailor like me. You get in good shape, you carry a big stick, and you don't take nothing from no one. That's nature. <laughs> Period. I like that one too. Very good. I'm enjoying Coach Hedge. I like that he's back. Me too. He's kind of an asshole, but like, he, he keeps giving us those good, good one-liners. Oh, yeah. Which brings us to, who are we giving offerings for this week? Hmm. Hmm. Somebody else go first. I'm so excited. Mine is Dahlia. Oh, that's very fair. Yeah. I'm a, actually, yeah, I second it. Just because my girl's back. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Bring back my girls. <laughs> Bring, Bring back, back my, my girls. girls. Yeah, I'm thinking Bring about... Bring it back. Um, let me see. Because I know I'm voting off. I just don't know who... <laughs> She knows who she hates. She's gonna decide who she likes. Taylor Swift. That's who my offering's for. Why, Bestie? Because she referenced King Midas, and she's a woman, and Midas is misogynist, and also Red Taylor's version comes out in so few days. Um, <laughs> but this gets released, it'll already be out. No, it won't. Oh, it won't? No, no it this won't. comes out in less than 24 hours. Oh my god, then listen to Red Taylor's version this weekend. <laughs> yeah, there is. You might have this We are down to the wire this week recording. <laughs> but hey, um, stream... Stream Red Taylor's version. To vote off this week. Jason. Jason. Bro, he just sucks. Like, he's gonna end up being the one with the most voting off. Yeah. Because he just sucks. <laughs> and because I don't... I, I believe that that will happen, that I don't need to give my vote, and therefore I will vote off Lit for having a stupid-ass name. <laughs> That's valid, too. Yeah, that is very fair. And with that, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we will be discussing chapters 35 through 38 through the theme of reunion. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We are at Return to Care on every platform that matters. We also have a coffee account and a Red Bull store and a website www.returntocare.com Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.